Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? We got something to move tonight, and we start the whole local thing off. Help me, anything move, we knock out. Let's go. Don't play intramurals, brother. All right. I want to welcome all of you to another edition of Zone Coverage on T2Q. My name is Q. This is my podcast. And I'm on this podcast, Zone Coverage. We mainly discuss the NFL. Um, we do get into other sports, but it's mainly the NFL. Maybe a little college football every now and then, boxing. NASCAR, just kind of go NBA, wherever we need to go. But um, we're going to break down what happened in week nine of the NFL, and we'll preview week 10 very briefly, and we'll have a discussion about Kawhi Leonard in the NBA and a podcast that's coming up after this one. So without further ado, I'll go to the phone lines and welcome on the homie Buck down in the 850 area code. Um Pensacola area code. Buck, what's happening? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the podcast. All right, man. No time to lollygag. Get straight to the body bag. I'm going to start off with Baltimore 37, New England 20. 71,000 people at M&T Bank Stadium saw the Ravens up their record to 6-2 and two and hand the Patriots their first loss. The Patriots are 8-1. And uh, this game was pretty good in the first, I'd say, three and a half quarters. And then it seemed like Lamar Jackson was able to do a little too much for the Patriots defense. And um, he was able to take off and do his thing. And uh, the Patriots. Invalid option. The Ravens had 210 yards rushing, Uh, they only needed 162 passing yards. And they both had two turnovers, so that was a wash. And that was kind of the difference in the game. They were on the field 15 minutes more than the Patriots, almost 15 minutes more than the Patriots, who only had 74 yards rushing and 268 yards net passing. So, Buck, Tom Brady was 30 for 46, 285 yards, a touchdown and interception, sacked twice. James White had 38 yards rushing and a touchdown. And Julian Edelman had 89 yards receiving on 10 catches. Muhammad Sanu, 81 yards on 10 catches. And But what do you think happened with the Patriots on this? I mean, their defense let them down, but their offense really hasn't been able to generate a lot of yards on the ground. First off, I mean, this could be the blueprint to stop these guys, but really, they're, the, the Patriots offense hasn't been, really been doing anything all season, simply because they've had a lot of injuries, the tight end that were our receiver. Um, and plus, you know, you had the defection of, you know, you only had A.B. there for 11 days. So, you know, no tight end, no Gronk, you know, Benjamin Watson, you know, he's shadow his former self, you know, he's serviceable at best. So they're a little weak at that position. Um, they have a three-headed monster running back, but they, they rarely utilize it. 
um, I think we're starting to see a transition on um, – I think you're seeing the transition, the NFL going back to running instead of passing. I mean, you still have offenses out there that light it up. And, you know, Tom Brady is one of those that like to light up, you know, light you up, you know, passing the ball downfield. But the Ravens' defense, is they have a young defense. I mean, I didn't think they were going to do that much with uh, Mosley gone, T. Sizzle down there in Arizona, Mosley up there at the Jets. I really didn't think that, you know, with the core of that defense, that vaunted Ravens defense, I didn't think they were going to do anything. But these guys, you know, you know, they had some other defections too. Weddle ended up going to the Rams. So I thought with those three key pieces, you know, out of the linchpin, I didn't think they were going to do that much. But, man, I mean, that defense kept those receivers fairly covered. Um, they, You know, they were able to um, run the ball basically down those guys' throat and keep, keep Tom Brady on the sidelines. So, you know, when you have limited opportunities to – get you you know to to score you know and you can stay ahead of these guys and stay ahead of the change you know that's the recipe for success and um their defense i mean they got they covered covered the guys well the ravens are a team formidable team that you just don't want to screw it because it doesn't they're going to let you know they're going to run and they're going to run i mean just just flat out simple they're going to run the ball down your throat and that's basically what they did to the patriots they did, and um, I have to give um, Harbaugh, Harbaugh credit for what he's done with this Baltimore team. Uh, I mean, Lamar Jackson is doing what it takes to win, and so if they can keep that going and where they can always kind of dictate the action, they'll be fine. Lamar Jackson was 17 of 23, 163 yards, one touchdown, and he was sat once, along with 61 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Mark Ingram had 115 yards rushing on 15 carries. And Marquise Brown led all receivers with three catches for a pedestrian 48 yards. So the Ravens appear to be uh, kind of just humming along right now. They're 6-2. And, two, and um, I mean, really, you kind of forget that they lost the Cleveland, 40-25 to a few weeks ago. Um, but they're on a four-game winning streak. And they have Cincinnati coming up. And then Houston. And then the Rams. And then the 49ers. And then the Buffalo Bills. So they got a nice little stretch. But um, at the rate they're going, I mean, they can win about three more games, maybe four, and be in pretty good shape as far as the playoffs are concerned. All right, Dallas 37, the New York Giants 18. 76,000 people at MetLife Stadium saw the Dallas Cowboys up their record to 5-3. The Giants dropped to 2-7. The Giants actually could have um, still been in the playoff hunt had they won this game. They would have just been a, a game behind Philly and Dallas in the win column. But um, they weren't able to do that. And this game was pretty close up until um, I think the turning point was in the, right before the half when Dallas scored 10 points in about a minute. And they had 172 yards rushing, 257 yards passing, 429 total. They did have two turnovers, but they got three from the Giants. 
and they had 10 penalties for 104 yards, but some of those penalties uh, proved to be costly, and they lost the time of possession battle to the Giants by three, three minutes. Daniel Jones, 26 of 41, 210 yards, a touchdown and interception, sacked five times, fumbled twice. Saquon Barkley only had 28 yards rushing. As a matter of fact, Daniel Jones led the team with 54 yards rushing. But he did have 67 yards receiving, with 65 of that coming on one play. And But what's your impression of Daniel Jones as far as his potential? And um, Invalid option. And, and what do you think about the, the Giants' offensive line? Is that the reason why Saquon can't seem to – consistently be the dominant running back that he's capable of being? Well, I think you just answered your answer the question to that. I mean, the offensive line is the issue. Um, you know, everybody wanted to, the offensive line has been the issue for the New York Littles for so long. I mean, it's the reason why they're, you know, um, Eli has gone down. Um, they have not addressed this issue in four years. Um, your skills decline over time, and if you have to have more protection, and you have to invest in the offensive line to put some people there to protect your quarter, your franchise quarterback. Steelers had this issue; they took care of it. Um, Seattle had this issue; they took care of it. Um, the Giants have had this issue for four straight years, and they have and they they spent over two hundred million dollars on defense. That two hundred million they spent on defense. I don't think any of those players are still there. Maybe just one out of all that money they spent a couple years ago, three, three or four years ago, to put on there to make them a top-flight defense, but no offense. So as a result of them not, you know, protecting the quarterback, you know, you you draft Daniel Jones, who at best is marginal, um, shouldn't have been drafted first round. This is somebody you can draft in the sixth round to be his backup or replacement or whatever and you got you know know, then you know that that first round pick should have gone to an offensive lineman then you got this guy coming in here taking over for Eli Manning two time Super Bowl uh, quarterback winning quarterback with no offensive line you got a top flight running back and Saquon Barkley who can't I mean there's no holes I mean he's having to run through the line so with that being Mm -hmm. said you know, these guys are not doing, you know, the Giants, you know, are not making the right moves to protect their quarterbacks. Now, you, you know, Eli should be still be starting for these guys. And you got a young Daniel Jones out there who's learning on the fly, which is really not much. He's not really learning anything. He's learning how to lay on his back because they're putting him on his back. Then you got a running back that can't find the holes and he keeps getting, you know, he's probably going to get injured again before the season's out. So, they need to correct this problem. And and until they correct it, Giants ain't gonna be about anything. They're still gonna be the littles, not the Giants. All right. And who just joined? Oh, I'm on. What's up, Q? What's up, Buck? What's up, Ray? What's going on? Got the homie Ray up there in Jersey. And uh all right, but well on the other side of things. Uh, Dak Prescott was 22 of 35, 257 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. Uh, Zeke had 139 yards rushing on 23 carries, 
and Amari Cooper had 80 yards receiving on four catches and a touchdown. And um, I think in this game that I think that Dallas's talent prevailed in this game. Uh, their defense kept them in it. First of all, when Dak threw an interception on the the first play of the game, and they were able to hold the uh, Giants to a field goal. And as a matter of fact, the Giants got in the red zone quite often and could only come away with field goals. And I think that's what uh, made a huge difference in the game. Um, let's see, I mean, they had a 12-play drive that ended in a field goal, eight-play drive ended in a field goal. Uh, I mean, just seemed like they couldn't really get any points on the board. And that, that's something that I kind of put on some of the play calling as well. I don't think the play calling was that good. And, Ray, this game had, well, aside from a cat running on the field, this game had quite a few fights, man. And um, uh, my man, uh, what's his name, Will Hernandez was involved in all of them. But in a game like this, with all the pushing and shoving and stuff, I mean, what exactly is a referee's responsibility in this? Do you do you let it go because it's a rivalry, or, or do you have to throw a flag every time someone gets into a scuffle? Well, I mean, it depends on what's happening. If it's occurring every other play, I think you got to throw flags to get control of it. I mean, even if you got to throw, you know, three or four flags in a row in order to get control of it, that may be what you have to do. I mean, because sometimes the pushing and shoving goes too far. You understand, you know, we all play sports and it's like, you know, you are aggressive because you play an, an aggressive sport. But at the same time, somebody standing over the pile and you pushing them in the back and shit like that, I mean, you need to, they need to clean that kind of stuff up, you know, or somebody standing next to the pal and somebody come and hits him in the back of the legs or, you know, the man down two seconds and you falling on the pal or falling on guys and they blow the play dead and you still reaching for the ball underneath the pile and stuff like that. I mean, it's just that kind of stuff. I think they need to clean it up. Incidental stuff or somebody defending themselves, that's one thing, but... You just out here causing the ruckus. Now it's not becoming a football game. It's becoming a rugby contest or something like that. And we don't want that in our game. Because they say what they want about these other sports. To me, football is America's game. So, or favorite pastime or whatever they want to call it. But, um, yeah, I think that refs have a duty to keep the game the game. Because anybody can do that. You know, you can get in a boxing match with a champion and, you know, start throwing baseballs at him or something and turn into something that is not. And then, you know, that's cheating the fans. So I think the refs got to clean that stuff up. Okay. Okay. Very well said. And uh, I know Will Hernandez was involved in every single one of them. And I was like, okay, at some point, somebody got to do something about this dude. But, I mean, he never got a flag, ironically. But um, as far as the Cowboys' defense is concerned, I was happy to see um, 
Michael Michael Bennett contribute right off the bat. Now he did make have a couple of stupid penalties, but um, he had four quarterback hits, and so that was that was nice to see him get that. Demarcus Lawrence had three, so they were really getting after Daniel Jones yesterday, and um, overall I, I was and then Sean Lee filled in for um, Vander Esch, and Sean Lee led the way with nine tackles and. He made some solid tackles on Saquon, man. He was really wrapping them up and everything a couple of times I saw. So I was very happy to see him um, play. It's a luxury to have somebody like that on the bench, and maybe it'll keep him healthy because he can't seem to play for the long haul. So, um, you know, the Giants have to go back to the drawing board on some things and uh, look towards next year, I guess. But um, I think Daniel Jones is going to be decent. He gets some more experience, and if they they give him some time, especially. And if they get that offensive line right, then maybe they can do what they need to do with Saquon. Because man, he's had, he's really struggling with that the way that that line is horrible as it looks. So. All right, moving on. Oakland thirty one, Detroit twenty four. This was in Ring Central Coliseum. Hold on, where is that? Where did they play this game? Was this in London? Nah, this is in Oakland. Ring Central Coliseum. That's what your that's what your place is called. Nah, I mean, I ain't never heard. I of don't it. know. I don't. Nah, I'm just not Oakland sure. Coliseum. It's Oakland yeah. Coliseum. They just got them rings up there because of the Olympics. And that's the only reason why they kind of added that name to it here recently. Okay, I see. Yeah, Ring Central okay. Coliseum. Used to be known as Oakland Alameda Coliseum, Oakland. Alameda O. Co. Coliseum. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it's Oakland Coliseum. All right, so they just added this, I guess, this year, according to what I'm seeing here. Ring Central Coliseum. All right, that's different. Anyway, 53,000 people at Ring Central saw the Raiders even their record at 4-4, four and four, while the Lions dropped to 3-4-1. and one. And this game was pretty entertaining um, all the way. And the Raiders were able to get a nine-yard pass from Hunter, from Derek Carr to Hunter Renfro with about two minutes left in the game for the go-ahead victory. Um, the Raiders had 171 yards rushing, and that was huge as they won the time possession battle by five and a half minutes. Detroit had 383 yards of net passing. But it, both teams kind of balanced out as far as total yards. Um, the difference in the game was that Detroit had two turnovers and the Raiders didn't have any. Matt Stafford was 26 of 41, 406 yards, three touchdowns, an interception, two sacks, and a fumble. Uh, McKissick had 32 yards rushing on four carries and... Kenny Galladay led the way with 132 yards and a touchdown on four catches. Marvin Jones was right behind him, 126 yards um, and a touchdown on eight receptions. And, Buck, I'll start with you on, on Detroit first, man. Uh, Detroit, they, they have that high-powered offense, and they've played in a lot of close games. As a matter of fact, they've probably been in every game this year, but they just don't seem to know how to win. Yeah, it seems as such. I mean, I, I, it, the formula is there for the for the lines. 
but I just don't know why they're 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 just not finishing the games. I mean, it's just either by you know usually by self inflicted wounds is the reason they're losing, or maybe a bad call, two or three. Or I mean, it's just a variety of things that just you know snake biting the Lions. And I mean, this is a game they could have easily won, um, but they just you know they let. Oakland hang around like that, you know, like they let everybody else hang around this entire season. And as a result, you know, it cost them. I mean, this was a game that it was an exciting game. Um, didn't get to see all of it, but it was an exciting game. But you know, Oakland was the one that came out on top because they they successful and come back and win the game. But the Lions got to put it together. I mean, they got all the pieces that they need. I didn't think they would do well with Golden Tate going, but they've managed to, you know, they're, you know, they got, uh, I think Galladay over there, who's really becoming a, a superstar in this league, and, um, and Marvin I mean, Jones Junior. Yep, I mean all them guys. You know, they got a good, nice young core of guys, receiving core guys. Staff are still doing this thing, but they just can't finish. They can't finish the deal. You know, they got to learn to put it, you know, they got eight weeks, uh, less than eight weeks to figure it out. And then the NFC, I mean, they're on the, they way outside looking in. You know, it's just, it's, it's unfortunate for those guys, but hopefully they can figure it out. All right. And Oakland, uh, Derek Carr was 20 for 31, 289 yards, two touchdowns, and a sack. Josh Jacobs had 120 yards rushing and two touchdowns on 28 carries. And Jalen Rashard, the backup running back, led the way. Southern Mississippi product, 56 yards receiving on three catches. Hunter Renfro had 54 yards receiving and a touchdown on six catches. And Ray, Derek Carr kind of spread the love around as far as the passing game. And Josh Jacobs um, just gave them that thump that they need on the ground. That's pretty much a winning combination for y'all. Yeah, I mean, um, Josh Jacobs has been amazing. I mean, he has the, the quickest sidestep I ever see of any running back. And, I mean, you know, I've seen a, a lot of good running backs. But um, we have a nice young core, like uh, Foster Monroe, our tight end. He's a rookie. Out of LSU, he's, I think he's going to be very good. Um, of course, Darren, Darren Waller is is coming one of the great tight ends in the league. And, you know, I think he's like in his fourth year or something like that. But he's just now getting on the field with the drug problems and playing receiver and being on practice squads and stuff like that. But Baltimore is just now getting shine. So, uh, Hunter Winfrey, of course, he doesn't drop anything. I think he's going to be very good. I think they just need to go to him more often. And, you know, we got a lot of good young pieces. Day Jones came over from the Bills. I didn't think he was going to do too much because he didn't do a lot over at the Bills, but he's looking real good because, you know, I think a change of scenery is going to do him real good. And, he was rated very high when he came out in the draft. I forgot how the draft went, but I think 
they had, had him as like the number two receiver or something like that. It was a lot of good guys that were in the draft. But um, he's catching a few passes for us, and we just need our offensive line to stay healthy. We've been nicked up all year. We had uh, Gabe Jackson get hurt. He was out several games. Trent Brown plays great when he's in there, but, you know, he's had knee injuries and ankle injuries and everything else. And Rodney Hudson is one of our one of the best centers in the league, and he's been nicked up. He didn't even play. So I think if we was able to get our line healthy, I think we could we could be a real formidable opponent against anybody. But you know, we having issues at wide receiver because we're still trying to recover from that Antonio Brown thing because he was supposed to be such a big part of the offense. But our young guys have stepped up. I think Derek Carr played well. Besides, you know, making the mistake at the end zone, I think last week, the week before last one of them. But um, I just think that um, we just have to stay consistent. If we do that, I mean, we stayed consistent against Detroit, and we was able to get the victory. Detroit is a good team to me. Marvin Jones and uh, Galladay as a tantum are probably the best tantum in the league. I may be missing somebody, but uh, them guys there, they're not getting a lot of hype right now. I mean, how Galladay, everybody's starting to see really how good he is and stuff like that, but between both of them guys, they as good as any two receivers on the same team, so I mean, I'm real proud of the win that we got. And I think if we play together, I think we can get some more. All right. That was a tough win, but you all were able to pull it out. I mean, uh, the Lions are a tough out. Folks don't realize that, eh? I mean, the way the season started off and they oh, tied um, Arizona, Arizona. I was like, okay, man, just, what is this team going to be? That's before we really realized that Arizona's a little better than what we expected. But, um, I mean, they lost to the to Kansas City Chiefs by four, and the game was a, with a questionable call. They lost to the Packers by one in a game with a questionable call. Their biggest loss is to the Vikings by 12, and then they lost to the Raiders by three. So, I mean, they can easily, you know, plus they had that tie against Arizona. So, they can easily, you know, be – have an extra, extra two or three wins if things go right. And um, down the stretch, um, their schedule's somewhat favorable, I guess, outside of their division. But it's still going to be kind of hard to overcome a 3-4-1 and one record. Um, they probably have to – I feel like if you're going to make the playoffs in the NFC, NFC as a wild card, you may have to have 11 wins. I mean – I don't even know if 10 wins get you in as a wild card. It, I guess it just depends. It might shake out where 10 can be a good number, depending on your conference record. But, all right, we will move on to, let's see. And my computer will do its thing. Moving slowly on me.
right, here we go. Pittsburgh 26, Indianapolis 24. 61,000 people at Heinz Field saw the Steelers even their record to 4 and 4 while dropping the Colts Colts to 5 and 3. This was also an entertaining game. Had a lot of big plays, a lot of crazy stuff happened. Uh, had a 96-yard interception return. Yeah, safety. Uh, just had all kinds of crazy stuff in this game. But the Colts did what they wanted to do as far as running the ball. They had 139 yards rushing. And their quarterback passed for 227 yards and three touchdowns. So you would think they would be happy with that. But they had three turnovers and seven penalties. Um, Brian Hoyer was 17 of 26, 168 yards, three touchdowns and an interception, sacked four times and lost a fumble. He came in for Jacoby Brissett, who went out with a sprained MCL. Um, Marlon Mack had 89 yards rushing. And Zach Pascal, filling in for T.Y. Hilton, had 76 yards receiving and a touchdown on five catches. And Ray, um, Indianapolis is kind of going through what Kansas City is going through and what Jacksonville had to do, and they had to rely on their backup quarterback. And Brian Hoyer is not a not a slob by any means. He's not a bad backup quarterback. Um, I thought they played this game pretty well, and they were in a position to win this game. Um, so I don't feel like they really have anything to, to be upset about. No, I, I, I think uh, in that place, they played extremely well. But I just think the Steelers played better. I mean, I really uh, – I really uh, – Say this. This was the best game the Steelers played this year. I know they had a big win against some other team, but the way that they played throughout the whole game was—I mean, it was—it was uh, they—they they really looked like they really did something. I mean, Indianapolis has a good team too. It's because now technically they only the third string quarterback because. You know, with Luck retiring and all that, nobody really knew what they was going to be. Percentage came in, and he played like a starter and got them to, a, a, what was a 5-3 and three before they lost this game. So, I mean, they they, they playing extremely well. So, for Pittsburgh to, to beat them like that, and I know Pittsburgh was at home, but, um, you know, that that's really saying something because, um, Brian Hoyer, he's a vet. And as a vet, you know, a veteran comes in kind of like Matt Schaub did last week. You know, these guys, they can come in, they can light you up too. So, But with but, but Pittsburgh, they have so many good defensive linemen. Like um, my man from Jersey, I forget what his name is now, one of the best linemen in the league, Cam Hayward, Hayward just – pushed him back, man. He just like, damn, you know, to do him like that, that's what got Jacoby Brissett hurt. I mean, that's the way you're supposed to back your lineman up. So, I mean, Indianapolis is going to be pushing for the playoffs, but I think that by them not having their quarterback 
in the long run, which would have been Andrew Luck, that's what's going to stop them from reaching that top level. Like, they might make the playoffs. They may make a little run. But um, I don't know if Jacoby Brissett can take them as far as Luck could have took them. But they do have a good team all the way around. Running backs, you know, offensive line, definitely. Linebacker, I mean, they they, they got good players. So, see the Steelers come out and do what they did. It was a, it was a good win for them. All right. And the Steelers, let's see, Mason Rudolph was 26 of 35, 191 yards, a touchdown interception, and a sack. Uh... Trey Evans has 73 yards rushing, and Jalen Samuels had 73 yards receiving on 13 catches. And, Buck, y'all had to do a little dinking and dunking, but um, it got the job done. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, you know, you know, at the beginning of the season, you know, we kind of we got blown out by the Patriots. And then the injuries just started mounting from that game on. And it's like every single game, we're losing starters. You know, and we've, we've, we're riding the storm. You know, and it's, it's good to see the, you know, you know, making the changes that we need to make in game, you know, um, to, you know, try to do the best we can to win a football game. The defense is there. There's no question about it. We got nine first rounders you know, playing on defense. So with our defense, the way it's playing right now, we lead the lead in sacks. We're fourth overall. We're doing really good. Um, takeaways, we in, in the, you know, one of the tops there too. The defense is carrying this team. Um, Mason Rudolph, you know, second game back from his concussion, you know, he's doing he's doing what he can do. Um, he's, he's taking what the defense is giving him. So if it's dinking or dunking, so be it. You know, we have to do what it takes you know, Indianapolis' defense, their secondary was, was really holding our guys very well. And uh, we didn't have a whole lot downfield. But I tell you, the guy that I thought did very well in this game, James Washington, he had some, some comeback catches in this game to really kind of move the change, so to speak. He had a, he had a decent day. I mean, he didn't have that many catches, but the catches he made were significant. Um, and... You got the tight ends a little bit involved. McDonald, Vanette, that I think Vanette had one. McDonald may have had three catches. So, I mean, we're slowly injecting a little bit more each week, but we're also making changes in game. You know, we're not worried about if we make a turnover. This is our 17th straight game with a turnover, with an interception or a fumble or something of that nature, dating back to last season. But we're overcoming those obstacles. We're doing what we need to do to win football games. And it may be ugly, but, shoot, we got to do what we have to do. We got to kind of stay pace, keep pace with the uh, Ravens. You know, so we have to do what we need to do to make, you know, we probably, you know, you're probably looking at Indianapolis possibly getting, or, well, actually Buffalo getting that other spot. So, really, there's only one more spot left. You know, we have to do what we need to do to win games. So, uh, hats off to the whole coaching staff making the changes they need to make to get us up to 500. If you'd have told us we'd be at 500 at this juncture of the game, I believe we've been at 500. But a lot of people out there would not have because I know we have enough talent on this team to 
to ride this wave. Mason Rudolph, Doug Hodges, these guys are, you know, they they're top flight guys, and we just have to. They just have to keep looking at the playbook, doing what is necessary, listening to the coaches, and doing what we can to win games. So it was a good game for us to win. Um, referees sucked, but what's new? But other than that, I'm proud of the win. I'm proud of the gutsy performance. Okay. And it could end up being uh, Mike Thomas' best best coaching job when it's all said and done. But uh, after you all play the Rams next week, you got it kind of a break with three games in a row against Ohio teams. You got Cleveland, Cincinnati, and then Cleveland again. So um, a good opportunity for you all to, you know, really get back into the mix of things before you finish out the year. All right. Let's see. Next game we will go to. As soon as I get my computer to do what it needs to do is Philadelphia 22, Chicago 14. Almost 70,000 people at Lincoln Financial Field saw the Eagles up their record to 5-4, and four, while the Bears dropped to 3-5, and five, losing their what I believe is their fourth in a row. And Philly dominated this game. Um, 26 first downs to 10, 146 rushing yards to 62. 239 passing yards to 125. Uh, the Bears were pathetic on offense. The Eagles had 40 minutes time of possession. 40 minutes. That's ridiculous. Mitch Trubisky was 10 for 21, 125 yards. Uh, and he got sacked three times. David Montgomery had 40 yards and two touchdowns on 14 carries. And Taylor Gabriel had three catches. For 69 yards. Ray, this offense is horrible, man. I'm not sure where to start with this. I mean, they barely run the ball, and they can't pass the ball. I mean, where do you start as far as getting this team back to where they can be serviceable again? Uh, what was that you're talking about now? The Bears. Their offense is abysmal. Oh, the Bears. Yeah, I mean, with, with the Bears, man, I mean, there's people seem to blame Mitch Trubisky, but I don't think it's all Mitch Trubisky, man. I think that David Montgomery, he's been a, a, a good back, but I think they still miss Jordan Howard. And, you know, because even though Mitch Trubisky come off of injuries and, you know, he's uh, had his struggles, but um, I think they have enough good pieces on the team to be successful on offense. It's just that, you know, they can't put it all together. And they are in the, in the division that all the quarterbacks are great. Except Mitch. You know what I'm saying? I mean, people say what they want about Stafford. Stafford could throw the ball. You know, of course, Aaron Rodgers can throw the ball. And then, you know, when you look at Kirk Cousins, I mean, he hasn't won anything, but the guy can put up numbers. You know, and then it, there's Mitch Trubisky. 
So he's always going to have a weight on his back because they took him, what, number two or number three overall, and you left Deshaun Watson on the board and you left Pat Mahomes on the board. So, you know, it's it's one of those deals kind of like Alex Smith. Alex Smith had a, a very good career, but compared to Aaron Rodgers, man, you went first and Aaron Rodgers went here, so they always going to put down on him. And that's the way Mr. Vinsky's career is going to be. And, you know, now that they're losing, man, it, it, it just it just looks like the Bears are falling apart. I mean, people had them, you know, like they was going to win a division and Super Bowl. I, mean, I didn't think they was going to do all that. But I had them, you know, 11-5 and five or something like that. But for them, they get beat like they're getting beat, man. I mean... With a defense like that, it just shouldn't happen. So, I don't know, man. I, when I when I look at their team, it's just like they're just not executing the way that they need to. So, you know, I, I think it's too late to fix this season because who you going to beat? I mean, they, they have Detroit this week. They at home. Uh... You know, Matthew Stafford, one of them guys, if he get hot, you know, they can they can fire you up. So, I don't know. But they damn sure it probably ain't going to beat Minnesota or either Green Bay. So, each season is just about a wash. And do they go out? I hear a lot of rumors that they can go out to Cam Newton. <clears throat> but, you know, I don't know if Cam is an upgrade over Mitch Trubisky. At this point, until we see him come back fully, listen, I'm serious. So he come back fully healthy. I don't know. I mean, you think that Cam Newton in Carolina they had his record if he was playing Pam all Newton. year? Pam, you know, not Cam. Pam, <laughs> get it right. Pam Newton. Pam Newton is not. He's a shadow for his former self. And in all honesty, I mean, you can go after him if you want to. But, I mean, really, Chicago made a mistake by getting Mitchell Trubisky in the first place. This is not somebody. Here's another one of these quarterbacks that you should not pick up in the first round. I mean, you, you just can't make these kind of boneheaded decisions in your front office. This is a guy that, man, at best, he should have been fifth or sixth. Yeah, I mean, sixth round pick, seventh round. This is where this is where Trubisky should have been picked. I mean, golly, that's like Daniel Jones. This is not somebody you. Oh, I'm do, I'm just being real, bro. I mean, this guy. I mean, he got lucky last year, and you know, now he's been exposed. His whole, you know, he's been exposed. And I'm gonna take a, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take what they what what my boy say over there. And what what's the name of that movie with that little fool on it? Um, Ice Cube. He's been exposed. Kill him. He's been exposed. So, I mean, same thing with Daniel Jones, same thing with Mr. Trubisky. These guys shouldn't have been picked. And it's showing this year. I mean, you got great coaches. Well, I don't know about that little coach. But you got a good coach in Chicago. You got a good defense. But your defense on the field all the time, and your offense ain't putting up no points. Bears ain't winning no more. Ain't gonna win too and win too many more games. NFC Trump tight. Yeah, I, I think Daniel Jones is gonna be a quarterback. He can't throw the ball on his back. 
now clean up them fumbles and interceptions and stuff like that, he can do that. But, you know, if you get hit all the time and you have a lot less time to think than you did in college, I mean, I can think of about three games where Daniel Jones looked like he's going to be a star. Just the game before this game that we just saw against Dallas. I mean, he was, what, 28 or 41 and like 300-something yards or something like that? A lot of touchdowns. When a guy can do that, he's showing you potential. And next to Tyler Murray, he's been playing better than any other rookie. So the jury is still out. I believe he could be a good quarterback when they get a line. But, Ken, I will say this, though. When we were talking about the Lills earlier in the offensive line problems, the the Chicago Bears got some offensive line problems, too. Um, You know, so that's – I mean – He's basically Trubisky is having to run for his life back there most games. They're not, you know, it's just a, it's, it's. I guess Nagy's trying to put one of those West Coast style of offenses in there, and when you got a, you got to have a good offensive line for that to work. They can pass protect, and I mean, and you, if you're not going to run to be pass happy, and you got Trubisky out there trying to make passes, and his ass, I mean, he, he tore his shoulder completely out. Even though it's not his throwing shoulder, so he's not even a hundred percent. You got to get some offensive help in there. Bring an extra lineman in and play tight end. Put two tight ends on the corner. Some shit. You got to do something. You need to run to open up the pass. Damn all this West Coast shit. It's too much of that shit out there, and and it's, and it's it's coming to an end. So, you know, Trubisky's not that kind of quarterback that can run that style of offense. You got to run the offense this. More catered to his strengths, and that West Coast shit ain't working. And what's going to happen is the Bears going to be going home for the holidays in a hurry. Yeah, that is possible. That may be the case. But uh, they're just abysmal on offense. And the Eagles, Carson Wentz was 26 of 39, 239 yards. A touchdown, sacked four times. Jordan Howard had 19 carries, 82 yards, and a touchdown in his revenge game. And Zach Ertz had nine catches for 103 yards and a touchdown. And Buck, the Eagles uh, rebounded nicely after the loss to Dallas, you know, because this is a game they kind of had to win to get back on track just to keep pace. Buck? Yes, go ahead, sir. Uh, I'll give you the comment on the Eagles. Well, the Eagles, when they, they they showed up for once. <laughs> I mean, they have, they have a good team. Don't get me wrong, but they, they you know, they struggle. They're, they, don't, they don't have that consistency built yet. So I'm not sure what's going on with them. I don't know, you know, if they're, you know, one game they win – or two games they win, or win close, and then they get blown out. And then, you know, they come up this week, and they look like they're ready to go to the playoffs. So, you know, this is a this is a league that, especially in the NFC, that, you know, the cream is starting to rise to the top. You, in the NFC, you're starting to see some separation. So they can ill afford to not be on top of their game. They ha- they're going to have to start playing more consistent. And, you know, some of the fans are booing maybe because 
of the style of play they've you know had this year. I mean, this is this is a good win for these guys, but <clears throat> still, I need to see more. I mean, you you got you got hot teams like the Saints, the Packers. <clears throat> you can kind of throw Cowboys in the mix, but they have some inconsistency issues too. And you got the only undefeated team in the in the whole NFL lurking out west, and you got you got a three headed monster out there with the Forty ers undefeated, the Seahawks. You know, I mean, it's in the you know you might want to throw the Rams in there. We'll see what they do this week. So. The Eagles are going to have to be more consistent down the stretch before I can really kind of put them where they need to be. So, Yeah, consistency is the problem a lot of teams are having this year. We're seeing that all over. All right. And we'll hit up one more game, and that will be the 49ers beating the Cardinals last Thursday, 28-25. 61,000 at State Farm Stadium saw this. 49ers remain unbeaten at 8-0, the last unbeaten team. Arizona drops to 3-5-1. They put forth a valiant effort down the stretch to try to get back into this game, but they made a few too many mistakes in this game, especially, I think, the mistake they made before the half when Kingsbury uh, called a timeout after it appeared they had stopped the 49ers on fourth down, and they gave the 49ers opportunity to try it again and get the go-ahead touchdown was ended up being the difference in the game. Um, Arizona outrushed the 49ers 153-1 to and the 49ers had 317 yards passing uh, from Garoppolo, 241 for Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, 17 of 24, 241, two touchdowns, sacked three times. Uh, Kenyon Drake had 110 yards rushing on just 15 carries, another 52 yards receiving in his first game as a Cardinal. And Andy Isabella had one catch for 88 yards, which was a touchdown. Ray, I like Arizona, man. I think Arizona is gutsy. I think they may have some opportunities somewhere in another year or two. But what's your impression, man? Do you think they're just catching people by surprise? Or do you think they really have a lot of talent on that team? No, I think, you know, with Kyler, man, I think he's a, a very good player. <laughs> you know, he's just on a bad team because the offensive line is horrible. And, you know, they have some playmakers on the team. Christian Kurt and, uh, of course, the ace was wonder, you know, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, Andy Isabella, I was big on him coming out of Massachusetts because this kid didn't drop anything, and he running a 4-3-1. And, uh, you know, I felt like he had some of that Cooper Cup in him. So I know he hasn't been used that much this year, but he showed his speed Sunday or whatever day it was that they played. And, um... You know, they, they have some some receivers. Hakeem Butler, I hadn't seen him this year at all. I don't know if he's playing or what what they doing with him, but he was uh, a good wide receiver in college. He just dropped a lot of balls. And, you know, they have this kid, uh, what's his name, Keyshawn Johnson, I believe it is. He's yeah, another yeah. good 
up and coming wide receiver. So I think that um they they gonna be okay once they get some offensive linemen behind them. But I think Kingsbury he has the right idea when it comes to Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray fits his system. But when you're a quarterback, and particularly when you're a rookie, and you're running all the time, and all people doing is chasing you off your spot for you to throw the ball from somewhere else, I think he's done exceptionally well this year considering all that's going on in Arizona. I mean, they putting them wins together, but, you know, most people didn't give him a chance to do anything. And considering David Johnson is hurt, and they still in the mix of winning some games. I think um, they 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 really uh, are making progress. So, I mean, I think they'll be all right once they build a team a little bit more. Okay. And Buck Jimmy Garoppolo, twenty-eight of thirty-seven, three hundred seventeen yards, four touchdowns, sat once. Matt Breda has 78 yards rushing on 15 carries. Emmanuel Sanders, 7 catches, 112 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, we saw two receivers this week do very well on their new teams. Um, but, Buck, I mean, it seems like the 49ers can beat you any way you want them to. And they're a very balanced team. And they're taking that balance and, and having a lot of success with it. It appears as such. I mean, this is a team that can win dirty, that can blow you out, um, they can come from behind. I think they've won just about every way way you can win a game this year. Um, they it, they've definitely been in every game this season. You know, even if they fall behind, they are you know they fell behind in the game. They were able to come back in the game. So, Forty um, Nine ers have a good recipe for success. They have a great running game. They have a good they have a good offensive line. Um, they they got you know arguably a quarterback that could be franchise eligible. Um, I mean Jimmy G's looking really good. You know he, he learned in that system over there with uh, with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Um, great defense. I mean they got really good guys on defense. Bosa and company are over there doing doing their thing. Um, and it's just I mean the pedigree. You know nobody thought that. You know, Lynch, Shanahan would work, and it didn't look like it was going to work for the first couple of years. But you know, they started getting people over there. Sherman's there on the, in the, in the secondary. You know, he's playing well. Um, he's starting to talk a little bit again. You know, it, everything. You know, they got everything in place. Um, this is a t- team that down the stretch. You know, th- this is a team built to go deep into the playoffs. Um, they could probably make it to the. You know, they may go all the way. If they can continue to do what they're doing right now, so I mean they hadn't. You know, we'll see what they do against Seattle. This is going to be a good test for these guys because Seattle is one of those teams you 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 have to put away, and they're almost not put awayable, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> so, um, you know, with Russell Wilson, you always got a chance. He's one of these guys. He's one. You know, he's that new age backyard quarterback. He's that joker that you just love to hate. You know, you think you got him down by three or four touchdowns, and this joker wheels his team back. You know, he's falling back, you know, in the grass, not even looking, eyes closed, throwing the football down the field and the receiver catch it. You know, kind of that super Tecmo Bowl type shit. 
you know, he can run all the way down to the damn end zone and throw it, and they'll go all and throw it to the tight end all the way down to the other end of the end zone. He's that type of quarterback. And I don't know if the 49ers have really uh, run into that this season. So we'll see, you know, what happens this week when they play because this, you know, this is for the division. So we'll see what happens. But the 49ers are a team that are definitely going to be reckoned with. And, you know, now they starting to hit some of the meat and the potatoes of the season. Okay. All right. Well, they're definitely looking good. So, got to give them their props. Just saw a news story where one of the Dallas Cowboys backup defensive linemen who's on injured reserve, Daniel Ross, got picked up on drug and gun charges. I'm like, Lord, dude, can't you just be on injured reserve and just rehab or whatever it is they want you to do? You know Dallas got to be, you know they always got to be in the news for something. Why not drugs and alcohol? So, man, That's what makes man, America great. Man, <laughs> I, just, I just think it's guys like this, man. It's like, you know, you just you put your job in jeopardy when you're a backup. You're not playing this year, and you get to doing stupid stuff. I, I mean, just like old boy from um, the Cleveland Browns, Whitehead. He's a Greenwood, Missis, Greenwood Mississippi native. Oh, threading the fans yep. and and have the fans come down to the stadium and fight them and shoot fans and stuff. Man, you can't do stuff like that. You cannot <laughs> do stuff like that. Oh man, yeah. yeah, yeah. This guy here, when you when you blowing up seven hundred fifty thousand dollar million dollar job, listening to the people who's got to go to work on Monday is just stupid. <laughs> and you know, I mean, I mean, seriously. Well, what can somebody say that really makes a difference? And it, it's like, like what I used to say back in the day. A lot of people, oh, somebody out here and they calling folks, you know, some racial slurs and all that. They got care about a guy side the road, snagging teeth, ain't got nothing in his pocket talking about something that happened 50 years ago and how he wanted to be this way now? Who cares? Nobody cares what you think. And this guy for him to go on Twitter, you representing team, saying stuff like that. I mean, I tell you, every time we say a guy cannot top this, boy, we'll say watch this. I don't care nobody say We'll say watch this. Well, all that stuff happened with Ray Rice, with little Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Man, what pushing the woman, kicking all upside the head, Man, what, the, what, what, what kind of liquor are you drinking to make you do something like that? I don't want none of this day and age. We're not talking about when the LT done played football. We talking about this day and age. Shit, Antonio Brown, dude. You know these folks will put your ass up at the league over. Accusations, you know, mm-hmm. acting a fool. So, uh, Greg Hardy was one of the best linemen in the league. When they put his ass up out the league, for fourteen and a half sacks or whatever it was, they put his ass up out the league. Listen, what do you say? Every time you say you can't top this, Errol Smith, hey. you driving like a fool when you got everything to lose. Everything. 
what if you hit somebody else? You drinking and driving like that. You know, just, just stuff that it is it, so hard to get to that position. Then when you get to that position, you do something stupid like that. I don't know. It don't make sense. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. And, you know, it's hard. We're sitting here as fans wanting to be in that position, you know, even though we're past that age. You know, these guys, I mean, it's so hard, man. And you hear some of the stories of these guys coming up. You know, they had to help feed, you know, help raise their brother. Use Artie Burns, for example. He lost his mom and his dad, and he had to raise his two brothers. And, I mean, you have things like that. You have stories like that throughout the league. And then, you know, you do something stupid or, you know, ride home in a car with somebody, some other idiot or some some clown that you went to school with who doesn't have anything to lose. And he out there, you know, he got crack pipe in his pocket and smoking weed in the car. And you driving because he your homeboy. And then he pulled over and then your ass get caught. You know, you may not have no drugs. You may not been smoking crack, but your ass in the car because you're guilty by association. You're fucked up. And now your, your name is smeared. You know, you could be one, you know, you could be the leading running back for the fucking Dolphins or some shit. I'm just using the team for an example. And, you know, you fuck up your entire career because of some clown that's supposed to be your buddy. They ain't got nothing to lose. You have to think about You have to change your persona. You have to change the things that you do once you start. When you're in that upper echelon of, you know, when you're making $750,000, most people don't make that their entire fucking lifetime. And these jokers are making it in 16, 17 weeks. You have to change what you do and who you hang out with when you get into these positions. It's not personal. It's business. You, and I don't give a damn if you grew up with this motherfucker. He can't hang out with you no more. Or or you can't hang out with her no more. You have to do those things. You're not an Uncle Tom. You're not being any kind of way. You're doing what is required. Because until that son of a bitch change, you can't fuck up your life because of him or her. And then, did you, did you hear the guy on Cleveland call a white person a racial slur? Mm-hmm. You hear that? Now you tell mm-hmm. me who gonna bring you in and respect you? I'm sure he gives no doubt, but who's gonna bring him in and respect you? And you talking about them like that? You know what? What, what is he thinking about? He might need to give the XFL a call. <laughs> Ain't nobody gonna hire his ass. He's done. He's done. And it's it's one thing to have a lot of talent, but it's another thing when you barely on the team. You know? Yeah. Barely on the team. Once again, in September, what did Antonio Brown do? Call Mike Mayock the same thing. And mm-hmm. he took they guaranteed. They took the guaranteed money away, knowing he wasn't going to play for that guaranteed money. Listen, yep. This man did all this acting a fool on Thursday. If he shut up the Tuesday, he got his money fully guaranteed, thirty million dollars. Yep. You tell me, what's got to be wrong with your head that you violate that? 
You can't, yeah. can't, can't make me understand that. I, guess they nah, don't. I don't understand you LeBron it James or somebody, You LeBron James or somebody, you blow $30 million, you got $600 million, okay, you and such and such didn't get along or whatever, that's one thing. But you can't afford to be giving that kind of money away. I just don't understand these guys. Man, it, it, this joker not only just gave away that money. You know that this joker lost his helmet deal, his Nike deal, his guaranteed money from two teams because you know he didn't he, he didn't get the guaranteed money. He was only there eleven days. He didn't get no money from the Patriots. You know he lost the guaranteed money from you guys, and you know this joker lost close to a hundred million dollars in that t- in that month's time. So yeah. You know, and he's got all kinds of legal. He's got all he ain't go, he's got all kinds of legal problems from the, you know the condo he was staying in in Florida. These two girls, you know, he pretty much left a trail of assholeness all over the fucking country. And um, you know, he don't never pay for nothing. He got plenty of money, but he ain't get, never pay for nothing. Now he's out there trying to put up videos that he's a family man, which I know he's taking care of his kids, and I'm I'm proud of him. He's back in Miami. He's still practicing everything, saying he's the best and somebody need him and all this bullshit. But you have tarnished your image in the entire NFL, and they don't want to have shit to do with you. And when they black, when the NFL blackball you, you are fucking done. No, this is what he should have did. He should have went and found that sister and said, okay, he been licked. Once you done been licked, you got to realize you done been licked. Okay, you want two million dollars? All right, I give you two and a half million. You go in there, you talk to the commissioner, and you tell him the truth. Look here, we had something going on. You made fun of me. I felt bad about it, and this, this, and that. Well, who cares if they find out you paid the woman? This is not a criminal case. Right. No. They have no case. You play. You playing football Sunday. If he do this here, but you keep walking around, you worry about that two and a half million when you're losing fifteen and twenty million dollars. You've been licked. There's nothing you can do. If he get on the team right now, he come back next year. They're gonna revisit the same shit. It don't take the NFL all these weeks to investigate something. Shit, you talk to one person, you talk to another. You come to some sort of conclusion, but you won't even go in and talk to the people. Now you tell me, how is that going to benefit you at all? You're going to have to pay this woman. Say, hey, listen, I don't like it. You know you lied. On. We ain't getting in all that. Pay the woman her money. And coming from somebody who might be making forty, fifty thousand dollars two, two and a half million sounds like a whole lot of money. And she a hood sister, she say anything you want her to say. That's the deal. Because I'm not listening to somebody in soup saying, well, you could say this and you could say that. Listen, somebody, it's just like me trying to sue, you know, any of these guys big money for $100 million. Somebody give me a guaranteed check for 40 I'm taking the $40 million. I don't give a shit what the lawyers say. Because it might not come out the way they say it is. Right. That's all he got to do. You know, it's I just uh, it's, it's 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 bad to see. I mean, we laugh at it and shake our head and all that, but this is real sad to see you guys doing this dumb shit 
when they got an opportunity of a lifetime, generational wealth, and they just going all the way for nothing. I agree, and I, I agree with you 100% on Ray as far as he need to go ahead and just eat that two and a half million, give the woman her money, say she, you know, let, hey, you won, and then get back to it because I, I ain't going to lie. I don't care how I feel about somebody. If I got a chance to make, you know, 20, 30, 40 million a year, or, or, you know, or, well, not even, a, not a year, but if I got to make 20, 30, 40 million over the next few years and I'm in my 30s knowing I'm going into the twilight of my career, I, I'm not going to let them ruin that. If I got to pay them two and a half million for them to go away and they feel like they got over, they just got over. Okay, you got me. All right. But I'm going to make this 20, 30 million or whatever. And because I'm not going to fool around. And lose my my twenty thirty million, and then some court tell me I gotta give you the money anyway. So and you know what that know what that's called a valuable lesson. <laughs> yep, that's all a very yeah, yeah, valuable. Exactly. As a matter of fact, I'd rather call that an I rather call that an expensive lesson. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. It, 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 this should be a prime example of not be messing with these damn chicken heads. And, you know, he put himself in that position. And <clears throat> the bad thing about it is when this first, this story first broke, none of, none of us believed it. We said, oh, man, you know, she's full of shit. Everybody believed it. But then when he threatened the other I one. I still say that. Yeah. But when he threatened the other one. It makes him look guilty on both of them. And I'm like, dude, you got lawyers. And then you're going you're gonna to conference in your, your lawyer? Why are you doing this? No. The dumbest no, thing in the world to do. But this is the thing. He, Antonio Brown is, is a hood dude. He's like, yep. if something go wrong between him and the chick or whatever, I can call you up or baby mama or whatever the case may be. And come on, you know. I know you was mad, but why you got to say all this shit? Because now these people take this stuff serious and they doing this and that. Hey, you got to realize when there's money involved, it ain't like no regular relationship. Just like you may have a girl back from 25 years ago. You can go there, go to a house or call on the phone. Y'all can talk and everything else. That chick ain't about to mess her bag up because she want to say, okay, well, I'm sorry. I did lie. She think you got your phones and shit loaded up too when she talking to you. You might be recording. So what you think she going to say? You got to leave that up to your lawyers. I know Drew Rosenhaus and whoever's lawyer is and agent and everybody else, they told him better. He just did what he wanted to do. They had to tell him better. Yeah. And, you know, now you walking around in the street because... Guys don't realize when you act a fool like that, he had a three year deal worth $50 million. Now realize Julio Jones signed the same three year deal for $66 million. Over three years, that's more than $5 million more than you getting per year. And I don't believe Julio's as good as you are. All because you want to be you and you want to act a fool and say what you want and all that bullshit. We need to get off that kind of kick. You can't do and say what you want, not in public, not when you're a public figure. You know, that's the beautiful thing about talk to you. You just 
can you can pretty much say what you want. But you go anywhere else, you can't say what you want. Hell, you stick a microphone in your face. Well, what do you think about this? Well, I think everybody's has the right to live their own life, and you know who are we to, to judge and all that. You got to sell all that shit on TV. You can't get up here. Oh man, you know either talking about you know people getting mad at each other and stuff like you can't get up there talking crazy. <laughs> you, you, you know what I'm saying? Hey. You got that right. They throw a microphone in your face. That's what you gotta say. You know, mm-hmm. hey, who are they judges? People happy? Love is love. People are people, and all that. You gotta say all that. You have to be but, politically correct when you're in public. But you know, exactly. that's what that's why they invented podcasts. Because now you can come out here and you say, "Hey, that motherfucker's a piece of shit," and you gotta let them in, yeah. just be like that. You could do it like that. So, you know. You know, he learned a valuable lesson into keeping your damn mouth shut. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he's learned it yet, but he's learning it. Because uh, he, he won't be playing no time soon. He probably hadn't learned. All right. Uh, let's see. Some of the other games that happened over the weekend. The Houston Texans. Did a number on the Jacksonville Jaguars, 26-3. Garner Minshew, 309 yards, and what was, is his final game for now. Do you all agree with bringing back Nick Foles? Garner Minshew went 4-4. Four and four. What do you think? Time to bring Nick Foles back? It's time to bring him back. I mean, I'm not taking anything from Garner Minshew. You know, he got the people, you know, he kind of brought a little bit of razzle-dazzle, a little, little Joe Namath action to the city of Jacksonville, you know, he's got some style, he's got some pizzazz, he's from Brandon, Mississippi, you know, never probably been out of the sta- out of the United States, you know, going over there and play. You know, he's you know, he kinda, you know, rejuvenated this Jacksonville team that was really going downhill and kinda shell shocked after, you know, them losing their court you know, their, you know, new quarterback and Nick Foles. But I mean, I think the newness is worn off. You know, there's a reason why he's back up. Nick Foles was brought there to, you know, take this team to the playoffs and possibly even further. You know, he's got a ring. You know, he won a ring as a, you know, and it's it's just time for him to come back. You know, reclaim his squad and see if they can make a run for the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think they owe it to Nick Foles because you paid him all that money, eight million dollars or whatever, and you know they paid him based on what he did in Philadelphia. Not no other team that he's been with, but what he did in Philadelphia. And I think when you get hurt, your team is not winning. You bring them back and see what you got. I don't think it's going to make a whole lot of difference. I mean, unless Nick Foles can, can prove me wrong. He's kind of got a a Rich Gannon type of career going for himself. Yeah. So, you know, he, he didn't look half right some early in his career, but then later on he's starting to look good. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, maybe he can make a difference, but I like Gartner. I mean, I know he's going to be a, a good quarterback in his league because he came in and he wasn't scared. So if you got that, you have that's half the battle. Okay. All right, and let's see, Carolina 30, Tennessee 20. Um, looks like Kyle Allen's going to get the nod there. 
and Carolina got to decide if they want to keep Cam on the hook for $20 million next year or cut him and save $19 million, which is a huge savings. Oh, man. He cut like a horrible Saturday night. Damn right. He is definitely. Pam Newton is done. I mean, all that, you know, he looks like a he looks like a damn dragon mix between Dragon Ball Z and some some chick from the 16th century with one of them big ass dresses on or some shit. I don't know what the hell that drunk will be doing. You know, he is. You know, Cam's a good Cam's former. You know, he at one time Cam won the he was the best quarterback in the in the National Football League. But somewhere he's lost a fire. It's not just the injuries. Um, you can see it in his body language. Even before his injuries, I mean, we lose. It's, it's it's catastrophic. You know, I made fun of him last year. I said I want to see that towel on his head when we blew their ass out on on Monday Night Football down there in Carolina. And um, that's something he's done for his, through, throughout his entire career. But it's been different the last few years because the injuries are mounting up. The team, you know, he's exposed, you know, so to speak. And um, you know. Cam can't run through all these guys. You got guys bigger and stronger, faster than he is. I mean, I know Cam running, busting about 260, 265. That's a lot on a 6'6", 6'6 frame. And when you got guys that's 295, 315, 320, pounding your ass and you're trying to run, you know, you're trying to jump over folks, you know, it's taking its toll. And you got a young Allen in there that's doing his thing, man, and you got McCaffrey. He feeding that he feeding that ball to McCaffrey and that boy, McCaffrey may be the best running back in the National Football League. So, you know it's it's not it's looking very bleak. And to save nineteen million dollars, I'd cut his ass in the New York minute. I told y'all beginning of the year McCaffrey was going to be the best, but this this is what I say. I think what happened to Kim is. When Cam got all that money, $100 million contract and all this other kind of stuff, and he had got married, got them kids, I think he's more focused in on family than he is playing football. Yeah, he had injuries and stuff like that, but I think that he'd be more interested in family, which is important. But in order to be great, you got to be like Drew Brees and them. You got your family, but you you want to play as long as you can. Philip Rivers got, you know, a school bus full of kids. He still want to play. You know, Tom Brady, he, she knows my football come first. That's how you got to be. When you a guy, you kind of reserve and you contend and you look around your house big as a school and stuff, you feel like you ain't got to do nothing else. And that's where I feel like Cam's at. But we'll see. Okay. And uh, man, I'm watching some of this Houston Golden State game. Man, James Harden just be traveling. God, oh that nigga be traveling. All right. Um, <laughs> Buffalo twenty-four, Washington nine. Uh, Buffalo got back on the winning streak. Handled their business. And the Dolphins got their first victory, beating the Jets 26-18. Fitzmagic, 288 yards passing. Gusecki, 95 yards receiving. The Chiefs with backup Matt Moore got over on Minnesota 26-23. Matt Moore had 275 yards 
Um, passing, Tyreek Hill, 140 yard receiving. Seattle, 40, Tampa Bay, 34. It was a good game. Russell Wilson had 378 yards passing. And, I mean, Mike Evans, man, is just, whoa, 180 yards receiving and the loss. But Mike Evans, man, when he gets going, he's just unstoppable. He reminds me of a, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, him and DeAndre Hopkins kind of have a similar game to me. But Mike Evans just seemed like he's just more of a beast out there, in my opinion. Not to take nothing away from DeAndre Hopkins. I take either one of them. But Mike Evans is very underrated down there in Tampa, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Man, he's underrated. He's just not. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, Man, like, if he had a quarterback. No doubt. He's making the exposure that he needs. But, and Russell Wilson is, I mean, man, he's having an MVP type of year. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers 26, Green Bay 11. Man, the Chargers really didn't have any problem with Green Bay. Um, Rivers had 294 yards passing. And, um, I mean, Green Bay just kind of went to sleep this week. And the Broncos beat Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns 24-19. to Baker Mayfield went through all kinds of changes in this game, shaving his beard and everything. And this dude, I don't know what he got going on now. He, he look, he almost look like a a drunk detective or something with the mustache he has now. But, um, yeah, but, hey, your State Farm commercials are funny, though. Um, but we'll go ahead and take a look at next week to see what we got going on. And, Ray, we're starting off tomorrow with the 4-5 and five L.A. Chargers traveling to Ring Stadium to play the 4-4 four and four Oakland Raiders. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like I us like in this game. game. I mean, we've been home. We've been away for a month and a half now. You know, we we back at home for the second week in a row. And, you know, I think we should be able to win the game. I mean, what kind of scares me is, you know, how they start out slow and then they start picking up. So that's always possible. But especially the way they did Green Bay. But I think that we have enough players on the team and we have enough chemistry going that we can um we can pull out the victory tomorrow. I'm picking us. Okay. And Buck, you got the three, four and one Detroit Lions. Against the three and five Chicago Bears, the losers probably definitely out of the playoffs in Chicago. <clears throat> I don't give a damn if they playing in Seattle. I'm, <clears throat> I'm picking the Detroit Lions to win this game. I have no faith in Mr. Biscay. A, he's injured. B, he can't get the ball downfield. He can't even dink and dunk. They have no running game. The offensive line is garbage. Um, Detroit Lions have been in every single game this year, but this is a, this is the division game. You throw the records out the window. I'm going with Matthew Stafford and Galladay and company. The bloaty boys clean off the clean out of the damn Soldier Field. All right, and let's see, Ray. You got the six and two Buffalo Bills. At the two and six Cleveland Browns. Well, 
it should be easy, but for some reason, like a lot of people around the country, they still have a little faith in the Cleveland Browns and the Buffalo Bills, only six and two. They're the weakest six and two team we probably have seen. I know they got a good defense and they got Frank Gore, but I'm I'm gonna have to give them a shot to win up there in Cleveland. Because Cleveland is just seems like they have no leadership. They don't know what they're doing. They're starting this finger pointing. And when you got that kind of chaos going on, Odell Beckham, Baker Mayfield, that spells loss. So I'm going with Buffalo. Okay. And Buck, you have the 1 and 7 Atlanta Falcons against the 7 and 1 New Orleans Saints. <laughs> They're gonna be one and eight. Saints in a route, and this gonna be my twenty-one pick, my thirty-one pick, my forty-one pick, and my fifty-one pick. <laughs> All right, the uh, let's see. I see the uh, Saints are minus twelve and a half in this one, and let's see, Ray. You have the six and three Kansas City Chiefs on the road against the four and five Tennessee Titans, and Kansas City's minus five and a half. Oh, Pat Mahomes should be back, taking Kansas City. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm gonna take Kansas City. Kansas City's better team with or without Mahomes. Okay. Buck, you have the three five and one Arizona Cardinals against the two and six Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa and Tampa Bay's minus four and a half. Hmm. This is a tough game to pick. Um because this game could go either way. <sighs> I hate even trying to go with Tampa because they they kind of like Atlanta. They let your ass down. You pick them to win, and then they get their ass blown out. And then if you pick them to lose, then they fool around and win. So, um, you know what though? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna roll the dice here. I'm gonna go with Arizona. I'm just not. Jameis Winston got to show me something. So this will probably be a game we'll probably win. Hopefully he'll stay out of this, you know, stay away from the seafood department this week. Um, <laughs> let's see, let's see if the, let's see if they can get something done. You know, he should be happy since you know they got rid of the coach down there at Florida State. Maybe maybe they'll do a little something this week. But I, I'm I'm about to go with Arizona. Okay. And Ray, you got the. Two and seven New York Giants against the one and seven New York Jets. Uh, technically, the Jets are at home. <laughs> technically, and um, the Giants are minus two and a half. Oh yeah, I'm thinking the New York Football Giants. After seeing what's been going on in Jets these last few weeks, man, shit. You might can get one of these high school teams get these boys a run. Ooh, the littles and the, the littles and the sesamas are, f- are playing this week. 
Somebody gonna get their name back. Which team is it? I don't know. Yeah, they probably gonna the tie. Always gonna be the little brother. Mm-hmm. They probably gonna tie. All right, uh, Buck. The six and two Baltimore Ravens are traveling to the zero and eight Cincinnati Bengals. Baltimore minus ten and a half. Mm, here another game that is going to be a blowout. You know, uh, the way the Ravens are playing right now, Cincinnati ain't winning shit. I bet you they wishing they had Marvin Lewis ass right about now. But uh, Baltimore in one of these 35-point victories here. Ray, the 1-7 Miami Dolphins on the road against the 5-3 and Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are minus 10. I'm taking the Colts. Colts in the blowout. Cause the Dolphins are the Dolphins. <laughs> All right, but the Carolina Panthers at five and three travel to Lambeau Field against the seven and two Green Bay Packers. Green Bay minus five and a half. Man, the way Green Bay looked last week. Ooh. This game, you would have told, told, asked me about this game last week. I would have said Green Bay, Green Bay in a blowout. But this game going to be close. And I think it's going to be Green Bay's second loss in a row. I'm going with the Carolina Panthers to upset the Green Bay Packers at home. All right. We got the Vikings 6-3 and three, traveling to the 5-3 and three. Uh, Cowboys. Cowboys are minus three. Man. This is kind of rough for me to pick, be honest with you, because um, I know Dalvin Cook is great and they have good receivers, but I'm not really a Kirk Cousins fan, and I think Dallas can get pressure on him. So I'm going to take the Cowboys at home in a close one, but this is a tight one to call. I respect the Vikings, but um, I'm going to take the Cowboys at home in this one. All right. And let's see. Buck, the five and three. Well, I'm sorry. I'm coming back to you, Buck. Let me go to Ray on this Monday night game. Ray, the seven and two Seahawks travel to the eight and oh San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco's minus six and a half. I'm actually going to take Seattle. I mean, San Francisco has to lose sometime, and the magic that Russell Wilson comes up with week in and week out, I think he's going to be able to do it against the 49ers. Although they have a hell of a defensive line, them guys coming off the ball, if anybody can move through them line, they line, it's going to be Russell Wilson from taking Seattle in an upset. All right, so you take Seattle straight up then, huh? All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I am, too. Buck, you got the, the five and three Los Angeles Rams traveling to the four and four Pittsburgh Steelers. The Rams are minus three and a half. I'm sorry for the Rams. I, I'm not sold on their offense. I'm sold on the Rams defense, but I'm not sold on the offense. And as a result of that, I'm picking my boys at home because I know – with our defense, the way we rush the passer, he ain't going to have time to pass the ball. He's not going to be able to get it to Cup. I'm not worried about Todd Gurley running against us either. So, 
I'm pe- I'm picking us to win. It's going to be a close game, kind of similar to what it was last week. But I'm taking my boys at home. All right. And it should be a pretty interesting game. And, okay, so let's see. That'll pretty much wrap up this week. And what about the Sunday and Monday night games? Um, I did those. Okay, all right. I just didn't, I didn't do them in order. Gotcha. So, all right. Let me see if I can find a couple of who am I's for you. In the meantime, Buck, you got anything? Well, I mean, we we looking at. Um, it was a very exciting race last week. Um. These guys, I tell you what, they've been doing a lot of fighting these last couple of weeks. Um, it's really heating up. And this week, they were going off on Bubba Wallace. He had a flat during the race. And um, they were saying that he uh, spun intentionally. Uh, Richard Petty came to his defense and said, no, he did not. You know, when you have a left tire go down and you're going in the turn, you're going wide open, you're going to spin out. And um, one of the other Chevy drivers um, – was really irritated by it, and um, he said, "Look, you know, NASCAR is going to look at it, but you know, they said, you know, everything looked good, but they're going to police it, you know, for these last couple of games, you know, last couple of races they have. So we'll see how that goes." Roger Penske in the IndyCar news bought the IndyCar Racing League and in uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. That was huge. Um, the people that own international, um, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway had owned it for quite some time, over 70 years. And, um, man, you know, you got a lot of money. You know, you got a lot of money when you can buy a speedway and a league. Yeah. He bought the league and it, it was, it was unprecedented. Um, they came to him and he bought it. I mean, so hats off to Roger Penske. Um, he's already starting to initiate some changes. He's talking about possibly running, the Brickyard 400 at night, which that would be awesome for NASCAR. So um, he's already starting to implement some changes. Um, possibly that might be something that may happen next year. And Chevrolet is switching Camaros. They're switching over from the Z01, I mean, from the Z01LE is what they're going to go next year. It's really not that much difference other than the sharp point that the Chevrolets have now will be smoothed out so they can bump draft better on the big super speedways. So, um, they race at Phoenix this week, and the, this will be an elimination race. Whoever wins this race, there'll be four going for the championship down in Miami next week. So um, Kevin Harvick won this past week, and um, it was it was really good for Kevin to win. So he's one of the three, well, one of the four that's going to be racing for the championship down in Miami. All right. Appreciate that, man. All right, I got five Who Am I's for you. Y'all ready? Hello? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. I'm a six-foot-one, 204-pound defensive back, 58 years old, from the College of Tennessee, undrafted, and played all of my career with the Dallas Cowboys. Who am I? Well, let me give you a hint. I got to give you a hint on this, I guess, because it's kind of difficult. Um, I was a special team star. 
Bill Bates? William Frederick Bates. Three-time champion. He played for Landry, Switzer, and Jimmy Johnson. Damn. William Frederick Bates. I am a six foot six, two hundred and sixty-three pound tight end, also from Tennessee, also playing with the Dallas Cowboys, drafted in the third round in two thousand three. Who am I? Two thousand three from Tennessee. Hmm. 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 Hm
I'm telling you that right now. Go Tigers. But I, right. uh, but I, number four. Uh, people Penn don't State. realize. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Alabama ain't play. Uh, I say, a lot of people don't realize Alabama don't play nobody half the time. Oh, uh, we know it. So, That's the reason why they they just yeah. be trying to blow teams out. Um, when they when they come up here in these big games, they get that ass whooped. So they're gonna get that ass whooped this weekend. You believe that? All right. Number four, Penn State, eight and zero against number seventeen, Minnesota, eight and zero. Penn State, yeah, Minnesota ain't gonna get over that. them, boy. They playing in the they White House. I think they playing. I think they playing. I think they playing in Penn State. Uh, let me check. Now, nah, is that Minnesota? Don't matter. Penn State still winning. Yeah, I'm I don't think Minnesota. Minnesota's not battle tested, but I mean, it'd be interesting to see what they do. They could change their program. They win this game. So, all right, number number thirteen, Wisconsin at six and two. Against number eighteen, Iowa six and two in Wisconsin. The Badgers not losing at home. They kind of got to regroup and kind of stay in this fight. You know, one more loss and it's been uncharacteristic of them to be losing. But um, you know, they're gonna have a handful with Iowa. This is gonna be one of those exciting games. I'm gonna say the Badgers in in double overtime over Iowa. <laughs> okay. All right. And the um the playoff rankings came out. Ohio State, LSU, Alabama, and Penn State are the four. Clemson's on the outside looking in. Do you all care about the standards in this first week? Does it matter mean anything? Well, you gotta look at it like this. I, I think the standings are hocus pocus. You still got Clemson undefeated. You know, and I, I think they got them ranked a little bit too low. Now I know that one little game, <laughs> one little game where they almost lost, but they didn't. But these guys, you know, these guys are undefeated. They should be ranked much higher than what they are. I don't know if Ohio State should be number one, but hey, they up there. But there's no way Clemson should not be oh, in the yeah. top four. So, but Justin Fields, oh well, yeah, they should be there. But Clemson's the defending champ, so they ought to get in the benefit of the doubt. So. Yeah, Clemson's going to get back in there because um, somebody's going to lose. Penn State got to play Ohio State, so one of them's coming out. So Clemson will find their way back in if they just keep winning. Uh, Georgia has one loss. Oregon has a loss. Utah has a loss, but Utah and Oregon are on track to meet in the Pac-12 championship game. So one of them's going out, and I don't think Oklahoma's going to get back in. At number nine, uh, Baylor is still undefeated at twelve. Minnesota's undefeated at seventeen, but Minnesota would have to beat um, Penn State in order to even jump up. Um, even still, man, they have to beat Penn State, then they have to win the Big Ten championship game, and then maybe they'll jump up high enough to maybe get some get some run. But uh, yeah, they got to win this weekend first. All right, fellas, get ready to wrap this thing up, and then we'll have a short discussion on the podcast. But I want to thank everyone for joining the zone coverage on T2Q. 
go to talktoq.com to sign up for the email newsletter and have the show delivered to your inbox every single week. Everyone have a good night. Peace out and check out the next podcast. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? We got something to move tonight, and we start the whole fucking thing off. Hell, be anything move, we knock out. Let's go. I am the greatest. Go play intramurals, brother. But they are who we thought they were. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You play to win. Do you have any questions? I got a question. You got any excuses tonight, Roy? Playoffs? What are you talking about? Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. But we talking about practice, man. What are we talking about?